Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Diamond Dust by Katie, featuring my pal, Laws Clark, on drums. Laws is so thoughtful and often turned the conversation back around on me, but we had a lot of laughs, and I hope you enjoy listening. The earliest thing I can remember is having like a proper temper tantrum on a beach in Spain. Because <laughs> um, I think like in in my memory, I was, I think it was like my first first holiday ever, like first time abroad with my family. And I think my my parents were there and my grandmother was there. And my, I think even my great grandmother was there. Um, and I remember just like screaming because I wasn't allowed to go on the pedlos. <laughs> go where? Um, and... <laughs> on the pedalos, it's like you know those boats that you like pedal. Oh right, right. But I, I would have been like three years old or something, so wasn't in a fit state to be pedaling anything. Um, but yeah, I can remember that. But I think what I've been told in later years is that I was eventually allowed on the pedalos, and I can't remember that part of it at all. So <laughs> just re- <laughs> just remember getting upset about something extremely minor, and can't remember like the next day going on the pedalos and having a great time. So I don't know what that says. Yeah, but I can. <laughs> I can also remember, like you know, sim. I think it was probably the same holiday. Like I remember being in like a sunny villa somewhere with, with my mum and my granddad, and like these like beautiful like orange and lemon trees everywhere. So that was like I guess a nicer memory from, I think the same time. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, like I can't, I don't have like a whole lot of childhood like young childhood memories. I can remember. Um, I can remember playing with my friend fred we're playing batman and robin and i can remember like accidentally stealing the like the towel i was using as a cape to play robin and i remember feeling extremely guilty about that so <clears throat> but luckily my you know my guilt over committing crime has reduced significantly in the in the intervening years so <laughs> but- <laughs> also you know by all the good you did as robin it it uh you know, oh, yeah. it balanced the scales. Yeah, um, there's two sides to every coin. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's I, I'm. It's kind of weird. Like, like I think that's part of the reason why I like starting a lot of these conversations like that is because, like, you know, I'm in a similar situation where you know, it's not just my earliest childhood my memories, but it's just like there are parts of my life where I can tell you, like, just very vivid accounts of like very mundane things. And then there are parts where it's like you said, like um, there are these things that stick out and they, they're really burned in there and the rest of it's kind of, you know, foggy or non-existent. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, the um, part about the, 
the uh, citrus grove, though, is really that's really nice. Like I have a real um, strange, like uh, visual, like it, like seeing pictures of citrus is a very calming thing for me for oh yeah reasons that i can i can probably understand but are you know they're kind of boring but like it's like yeah i don't know like um like so do you just have like positive association with like y- yeah citrus? yeah yeah oh, nice. um just just like if i if i see a nice picture of a of an orange grove or something i'm just like yeah <laughs> that's yeah. that's great i like i like that i'm happy yeah yeah. Um, yeah i guess maybe part of the reason i remember that is because um i've got well i've got the painting in my house now but um, my granddad was like a like a watercolor painter um and yeah he he, I, he did a painting of i guess from that same time of i think it's me and my mum and maybe my little brother in you know amongst these citrus trees so maybe i've had like you know <clears throat> i think i used to be in my grandmother's house so maybe I've got like the uh, the memory sort of burned in because it's you know that visual reminder of it as yeah. opposed to yeah you, you know that. no one's painting me fanning about on a pedal so yeah yeah <laughs> so the story goes that you did get to go out on it like is now when you're talking about paddle boat like I can sort of visualize but I don't know are there different kinds like where you were by yourself and that was the thing or, or when you went back out, was oh, no. it like you're in somebody's lap kind of, or in I would guess that. Over? Yeah. 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 I think it's, you know, like a, like a two, two adult operation. Yeah. I wasn't going anywhere with my little three year old legs. <laughs> right. Right. It's like you threw <laughs> such a fit the first day. They're yeah. like, fine, let's see. <laughs> yeah. Let's reward this bad behavior. Get a little, Fucker out there. <laughs> yeah. if, if if uh if they come back, they come back. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I think we're done with this kid anyway. Yeah. If he drifts off to the into the Spanish Ocean, that's fine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just just talking to you, like um, you know, spending time with you on tour and stuff. Like, I I would get the impression that you've got quite a good memory. Like, you've got all these stories about bands you saw like a long time ago, and like all quite clear like vivid stories and like yeah I, I, my memory's just nowhere near that good yeah it's um but is, is it just selective stuff that you you keep hold of or is it generally pretty good it it, it i mean you know there's a large um there's a there's a very large like window in my childhood that i have really no memories of and i i just gotta uh equate that to like trauma you know yeah um, and um you know but but my later adolescence and stuff yeah i mean i really can i really can remember like you know from say like junior year of high school i can remember like a lot uh and and from then on you know um not like just like mundane stuff necessarily you know but we we had some wild times and i i do i do have very good uh recollection of those things which is um which is useful when you're writing sort of like autobiographical like uh materials and stuff you know so it's uh it's it's kind of like i was um i was always 
training myself to tell stories or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, you said that um, your that your your granddad was a watercolor painter, and um, and you know a lot of folks who are friends with you know about the uh, infamous uh, painting of Tom Burkett. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that that was? Am I wrong thinking that that was your mom that that painted that? Yeah, yeah. She's she's um yeah she painted that. She's okay. I thought since, so. Well, yeah, she retired like a few years ago. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and she's yeah like as a hobby just started oil painting. Um, because she's she's always been like quite creative, but she's never really like painted before. So she just did like a like a short course just for something to do. But, yeah, she's like gotten ridiculously good at it i was gonna (laughs) say yeah that doesn't look like a starter (laughs) painting at all (laughs) yeah yeah like that that was that was a few years ago as well that she did that but she's like yeah she's into like all this like really cool like abstract stuff and she's like selling paintings in galleries and stuff now which is pretty wild (laughs) damn such that's some retirement yeah yeah exactly yeah that's so hopefully i'll i'll inherit some of that talent at some point yeah (laughs) retired into a new career um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But she loves it. You know, she just oh, spends yeah, yeah. all day painting, which is pretty cool. For sure. You better than took... playing golf or something, isn't it? I think so. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, that's all subjective, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sorry uh, to any golf fans out there. <laughs> I'm not. But <laughs> that's, that's golf punks. Uh, I'm. I'm always. You know, when. Uh, not not to like start like a. a some kind of discourse this early in the chat, but I'm always just like, why don't people just like, uh, I mean, you know, why don't people just burn, burn a golf course down? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying go out and do that, you know, like on public record or anything, but I'm always just like, what? but off public record. Yeah. I'm just saying like, go burn them down. <laughs> yeah. Why, why is it like, why is it because like, you know, the, they're out of the way you know it's like when when people get mad about something it's just like i mean that's where that's where i think like yeah okay, yeah let's let's do let's do it there um but, uh, <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm maybe I'm yeah wrong, yeah but, um, yeah i don't know it seems like i think they're pretty like environmentally harmful aren't they because they're like you know not a very diverse range of plants and it just takes up like huge swaths of what would be like a more diverse ecosystem otherwise but yeah and the water i don't know i guess rich people like them so that's that's cool so (laughs) yeah well that's i mean that's part of my like um big uh that's my part of my primary motivation it's like yeah yeah like why like we can't have like we can't even have like groceries but you know you're over here wasting this water on this yeah yeah. like you know why should you be able to have that people can't even have their teeth cleaned you know i don't know yeah it's pretty wild (laughs) don't know just 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 rich people stuff isn't it yeah it's just (laughs) just rich people things um hashtag Uh, those crazy guys (laughs) Uh, but uh yeah you said you didn't you you didn't pick up any of the uh any of the the art skills like as of yet so maybe it's just uh all funneling into your blasts at the moment i mean yeah maybe you know, and yeah well I, I did study photography at university but um yeah didn't do anything with that so maybe it's uh it's not rubbed off on me after all 
But yeah, just channeling it all into just those two drumbeats I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I heard more than two, but uh, but you are very good at the two. That's for sure. Oh, it's all just variations on those two. Yeah, that's the way I feel when I'm like tracking drums for sure. Is like, and um, yeah, I don't know. My oldest like she called me out on that at one point. She said, "You only ever play like the same beat over and over." And it was like, it was, I expected her to say it was the boom, dot, 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 boom, dot, dot, you know, or something like the more. <laughs> the classic screamer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but uh, <laughs> she said it was the D beat that I always play. And it, I mean, I guess like that's a good one to play for if you're working on stamina, you know, or something. So oh, yeah. Like, so I guess I, that's fair that, you know. They they probably do hear that one a lot, but uh, as far as like just a good workout, yeah, sure, sure. yeah, it's yeah. like uh, kids in the hall. You know, I got big arms because of drum, right? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's all it's all bug music. It's all very derivative. You know, like what what more can you do? If you're doing any more than that, you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and if you can, then I guess go for it. I I, I can't, you know. Um, your so like your your family has like a sounds like a very like artistic background, but um, like where did music come into like your life like um, and like how did you get like interested in that like primarily like a, as a kid or, or later into teens? Yeah, like when I was a when I was a kid, I was always like really into music. Like my parents were. <clears throat> like they're into music they weren't like you know huge into it but there's always like music playing in the car and in the house and stuff mm-hmm. and they were always like supportive of like if i heard a band on the radio i was like oh that sounds cool they'd you know pick the cd up and we'd listen to it and things like that so like when i was i guess like a you know younger kid like in like primary school i was really into like oasis and stuff because mm-hmm. it was the 90s in britain so everyone was into oasis yeah um and then yeah like later on decided I was going to like well my, my friend Fred who I mentioned earlier was like I'm going to learn the drums and I was like okay cool I'll do that too so <laughs> didn't think like if I learn a different instrument we could start that <laughs> but like <laughs> so like just started doing drum lessons because it seemed cool and then um yeah eventually like me and him st- he, well he, he got fed up with me just you know playing drums as well so he learned guitar instead and we we started a little band when we were like 13 or something just playing like shitty Green Day covers and writing our own songs that just sound like bad Nirvana songs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's so, yeah. essentially my origin story as well. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you, you since you mentioned Oasis and, like, uh, I mean, I, I I like Oasis. I, I don't – I'm not going to pretend that I don't. Obviously, they are <laughs> – They've got their problems, you know. Oh um, yeah, musically and otherwise. But um, <laughs> uh, I did not know because I mean I, you know, I don't know. I don't. How was I supposed to know? Like uh, over here or whatever. And as just like a t- teenager who is wrapped up in their own shit, um, I didn't know about the huge like Oasis Blur like rivalry and whatever oh yeah and how they really viewed it almost like it was a class war like was was that was that like 
Is that something you were aware of as like a teenage fan of this band? Oh no, not at all. Oh okay. I was like, yeah, like too young for that to be okay to be uh to be on the radar. But yeah, it's crazy. Like I think it's probably just one of those things where it's like, you know, like <clears throat> it's made out to be Bing more than it was. Two pack or something. So it's yeah. like, yeah, they make a big feud out of it to sell more records because it's in the papers more and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, it's like imagine getting that wound up about some really average indie bands. It's pretty wild, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, which is like. <laughs> Yeah, it's but it's it is kind of funny though. Like, uh, if you if you think about Blur's most popular song and and how they said that they basically wrote that song just to show that they could do it, like, and show those Gallagher boys who was boss, right? I guess you know. But they're <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna write a punk song just to show we can write a punk song or whatever, and it's their most popular song. But it's like it reminds me of like I hate myself. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> supposedly, like, I mean, I I had always heard, like, even, like, when they just started, you know, from people that knew them, that, like, that's what they did. They were, like, not really impressed by Screamo, and they were, like, anybody could do this. And so, and, like, it's wild because people are, like, this is one of the best Screamo albums ever. And, <laughs> and, and I, it's kind of, oh, like, that story. yeah, I don't know, it's kind of, like, you know, maybe this is one of those things where they, at first, they they were like, you know, we could do this, it's easy, and then they got enamored by it, you know, or whatever. Like, hopefully that's that's the case, and that it wasn't all just parody, because they, yeah, yeah. you know, ended up doing several, like, bands that were more similar to that than, you know, than not. But, um, yeah, it's like, as someone who's written a ton of screamo albums i'm i'm always just like but i'm doing this on purpose and nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what you gotta do you gotta find like a genre that you don't give a fuck about and then write like a seminal record doing that just yeah just like don't don't care it's i don't know it, it's wild because it's like how i've talked before about how you when you're just starting something you don't and you don't have expectations of yourself like you're always there's no pressure and you're always like making something that people seem to gravitate towards like more than other like later works where you know you're trying to refine what you do or you're conscious of like expectations you know or whatever so yeah yeah i don't know if that has like maybe that, maybe there's something like in the naivety of it like you it's not there's no formula you just sort of like trying it out and it's yeah maybe it's just a bit i don't know fresher than when you've already done a few things and you're like oh well i'll just do like a, a variation on this theme yeah but um but it doesn't always work the way does it like yeah i guess a lot of bands like you listen to the first record you're like oh this is awful i'm glad they did a couple more <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah for sure like i i definitely can think of a few bands that like I enjoy their earlier material, but like nothing compares to like, say at the drive-in, you know, like I enjoy yeah, their yeah. earlier material, but nothing compares to like in casino out and like, um, you know, uh, shit. What's the, <laughs> I can't even think of Oh, uh, What's the biggie? Oh no, yeah, it's yeah. my mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just, um, I'm just picturing the whole relationship of command. Yes. That's it. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, like I have it on, 
the I have it on vinyl and everything. I'm just like, uh, yeah, yeah, the one with Iggy Pop on it. Uh, yeah, Mario Grupper Rappler. That one. What's that one? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh goodness. Did he? Did he just go in there like I'm gonna fuck around? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to think so. Just like uh, speaking of parody, it it's just like wow. It almost sounds like a parody, and then it's just like no, that's amazing. Yeah, um, it sounds like it's it's on the borderline of sounding really shit and really good. And it yeah. kind of just lands on the right side. Yeah, I always like have <clears> these <throat> weird thoughts about like, you know, there's there's like these instances in the studio, like David Lee Roth is probably a big one, but then Mike Patton is another big one, I think, where it's like um, there's just instances in like Faith No More songs and stuff where you're like, can you imagine this person in the studio like, doing that and like the engineer on the other side like just like with their head in their hand like what the fuck are we doing like you know like the engineer is getting paid but they're like what what is this you know and like then mike patton's on the other side what is it you know <laughs> like, yeah yeah david lee roth with all his and they began you know and all this shit you're just like the engineer on the other side coked out of their mind, like, oh! <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we can go 10% weirder. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, just be a fly on the wall, I guess. Um, I mean, it's funny enough, like, just recording vocals anyway when, like, someone flubs it and it's just like, okay, let's try that again. Yeah. Like, imagine just, like, you know, they're intentionally doing something weird and it goes wrong. It's like, hmm, maybe we need another go at that. No, no, that was what it's meant to sound like. Yeah, you're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, yeah, I should, I should, tr- I should do that again. And you're like, oh, right, um, okay, yeah, I have no idea what you're going for, so do it again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just keep going until you're happy with it, I guess. Right, that's like the 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 weirdest thing about like um, getting a bunch of vocal files like to to screamo songs like and if they don't like line up automatically um you're like yeah i really need a reference track because this could literally just go anywhere like i could (laughs) you know like yeah yeah i could make this song go like 10 different ways with these vocal i could just like parse them out in all these different ways and uh i mean that's really kind of like you know it's a that really could be a lot of fun in a way, you know, just like take the exact same vocals and make the song like three different ways. But, you know, usually somebody that's practiced these vocals uh, enough times to uh, throw them over the track wouldn't probably enjoy that as much as, you know, the engineer (laughs) might. Um, Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the next release, like next camera regalia, just write like, Five different songs. Do five. Do the same vocal line, and then just put it in five different places and see what happens. Or just write one, one set song. of lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Put it on all. Even of them. better. Yeah. 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 Just record all the instruments and then just mash them up in different timings yeah. and stuff and see what happens. Because that's the easy part for me is the instruments, yeah. <laughs> it's the vocals, where it's like, oh shit. <laughs> what am I sad about today? What am I going to write a song about? <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's, it's 
it's always the same thing. <laughs> it's like, hey, that what? makes it way easier, surely. Uh, well, you would think, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Damn. This is, uh, <laughs> it's too real. to your shitty green day covers <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no so you said you were like you were trying to write your own songs which is you know that's very cool like a lot of times you know when people first start playing you know in bands and stuff it's just like well let's just see if this is even a thing we can do so like you were already having like you know um aspirations to like write your own songs and stuff like when you were starting a band like as as young teenagers did you have like grand ideas like you know about like what being in a band and like playing shows and stuff might be like did you think like name and lights and like thousands of people in the crowd like kind of things or like was it just like from the get-go much more humble than that uh i don't know i think i think probably we were just like oh maybe we'll play to a few of our friends and yeah. <laughs> that'll be cool yeah. <laughs> don't think we ever thought we we're gonna be like the next Linkin park or anything yeah which we you know would have been the dream at the time yeah um, i mean like some people <laughs> will straight up be like yeah i i thought like yeah i'm gonna do this and, and i'm gonna be like that and stuff and like i think that's a lot of fun like just teenagers just thinking that the world is their oyster you know because i mean it's like why why shouldn't you feel that way you know yeah. like you you're gonna find out soon enough you know just like let 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 them have that you know yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no we played like uh played like the local village fate as our first gig and it's like that was enough that was that was the dream okay. played to some friends and my family and stuff it was like We've made it. We're a band. Awesome. What kind of <laughs> what kind of thing is that? Oh, what, like a village fate or yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like a I don't know, like in in like small villages in England. It's like <clears throat> I don't know. I guess you've seen Hot Fuzz. That's like pretty much what all of rural England is like. Like very like small towns and villages. But it's like a, a fate would be. Uh, like a like a small carnival, I guess. Okay. So it's like you don't you don't have rides or anything, but there's like booths for like uh, <clears throat> I don't know, like raffles and stuff, and like okay. apple bobbing and that sort of thing. Okay. But then late at night, you know, everyone has a couple of beers. You get a local covers band to play some songs, and everyone has a good old boogie. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and you. So we played that. You're playing that as like like fifteen, sixteen, or uh probably like yeah probably like 14 15 kind of age <clears throat> but yeah yeah awesome so i didn't didn't go much further than that <laughs> what um 
what what do you remember like it being like in your head like the first time when you got in front of people to play like was it was it nerves or was it just like yeah this is this is what you do um i guess, I guess it was probably like a mix of nerves and excitement it was like oh cool i get to like i've been playing drums for ages now like, I can finally get to show some people my chops. I can show what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, like, oh, God, all these people are looking at me. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh... Which has never really changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the... Um, the <clears throat> to me, that's the worst part about setup. Is like, because, you know, once you get the you know, once you get the sticks going or once you, you know, get the amp turned on and then you're just, you know, you can make a beeline. You're cruising. From, yeah, you can go straight straight from there to the end of the set and uh, yeah, you're yeah. fine. But, it, but before that, and, and especially like <clears throat> when you're setting up a drum kit and it takes a long time or or in my case, like when I play drums, I always have like all the drums set up and I'm like ready to go and then... And then I'm like, oh shit, like nobody else is ready to go. And so then I'm like, do I, do I walk away from behind the drum kit, like, and go somewhere else? Or do I sit here patiently? And I I feel like deer in the headlights, like frozen with like this very simple, um, couple of possibilities. I feel like I'm just like. Uh, <laughs> I feel I feel like the sitting patiently is is a weird one. That's that's what makes that's what draws attention. <laughs> yeah, that's that, and that's where I always end up because I'm always just trying to look busy. Maybe I, go maybe go tidy the shirts up a bit or something. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I'm always like I'm always like um, I'm I'm always just like this simple get up and go somewhere else or stay there and and pretend like you're tightening the snare or whatever like this decision that i just yeah. can't make um yeah yeah my, my my go-to move is just go and fucking try and find burkett and ben and see where they're smoking and try and encourage them to hurry up <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah um, <laughs> so they're gonna be they're gonna be smoking somewhere I just need to track them down there we go from there like where where like how long do you play in like various bands and stuff before you are in a band that you were like doing recordings and you know like um doing more serious things like out of town shows and touring and stuff like that um i guess probably like the first what i would call you know like a proper band that well, we, you know, only played like a handful of gigs and recorded like a couple of things. But it was, um, it was the band um, Burkett and I were in before KD. And actually Ben uh, filled in guitar for like our last tour as well. So it's like, that's how I knew, knew those guys. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's called This World is Hollow and These Hands Have Touched This Guy. Okay. And it was just like really just like, oh yeah, we like Orchid and Funeral Diner. Let's just do a band that sounds like that. When I was like probably like 19 or 20, probably more like 20, yeah. And we just, yeah, just played like, I think we did like a couple of smaller UK tours um, and just recorded like a couple of bits. But yeah, that was that was the first time I was like, oh shit, yeah, I could just like keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. before that I was in, I was in like a, like an instrumental math rock band that was like with this weird guy who never wanted to play gigs out of town or record anything. It was like, oh, well, this has probably got a shelf life. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, I like mean, that band is. <clears throat> what would you What would you do if you didn't want to record and you didn't want to play? Like, I think he just, I think he just liked playing his bass, which is fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's. And just wanted I mean, someone to hang out with him once he did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, that band was like the first time like I went on tour and like played different towns. Really, like, I think we played maybe like one out of town gig before then with the other band. But um, yeah, it was like the first time I was like, oh yeah, like just hanging out in like a car with your friends and meeting new people and seeing new bands and going to different places is like pretty cool. Yeah. For <laughs> so, sure. but yeah, then, but then, uh, oh yeah, Chris, Chris used to do vocals and Katie was in that band as well. So it's it basically just like KD 0.5. <laughs> yeah. And then when that band ended, started KD up pretty much straight away. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, that was, that was like the first time I was like interested in, touring and making it like more of a thing than just like a bedroom project i guess right you said yeah, you know yeah. you're like yeah we like ampere and stuff and so let's do that like how did you go from um green day and nirvana to bands like ampere funeral diner stuff like that like where where was your connection like was it just like hearing stuff online or friends or? yeah pretty much like <clears throat> Yeah, like when I was when I was like a slightly older teenager, I would have been like yeah, fifteen or sixteen or maybe a bit older. Mm-hmm. I was like getting into like I was really into like metal. <laughs> I was like into like like more mainstream metal stuff like Slipknot and Machine Head and Metallica and all that stuff. Um, and then yeah, after that I was like kind of like an obnoxious metal guy for a couple of years in my mid-teens, and then I was like oh yeah, I need to broaden my horizons. And got into like more left field stuff, like kind of like post rock and ambient and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then like through through like being into like bands like Mogwai and Godspeed to Black Emperor and Explosion in the Sky and stuff. Got into well, I heard about Envy. They were like the first screamo band I ever listened to. I was like, oh, this is just like post rock, but with some guy shouting over it. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like <clears throat> found out about this whole like sub-genre called Screamo and then like got into like a lot of like the more melodic Euro bands like Dytro and Sedan Satyata and stuff mm. and then from that got into like the you know American stuff like Orchid and Page 99 and Ampere and all that good stuff and then yeah just like yeah just at that point I was just like listening to everything I could that just sounded vaguely like Screamo right <laughs> And, and then, like, yeah, just just going through that. When you started, when you started, this world was hollow. Like, were you in university at that time? Yeah, yeah, I would have been in, I guess, my second year of university. Yeah, and so yeah, were you, that would have been like twenty, I guess. <clears throat> were you like before you had gone out on tours yourself and everything? Were you going to like the kinds of shows that you know you would end up like we'd end up playing when we'd come over and tour with y'all? Like, were you already? go into shows at squats and stuff like that or yeah well not really squats like squats don't really happen that much in the uk oh it's like a lot harder than on the mainland but um yeah i was going to like a fair few like diy shows Mm. like when i when i moved out of my parents house and went to university and stuff like yeah like there were it was the first time i was because i grew up in like a really rural part of the country Uh it's the first time i was in like a city and i was going to like shows that weren't just like bigger bands that I could get to on the train for like a Friday or Saturday night or whatever. Right. So and yeah, that was like, yeah, like most, most, most of like the local scene was like 
hardcore and power violence and stuff. But yeah, started to see that sort of DIY band for the first time. Uh huh. <clears throat> what did you think about like the difference between the shows that you're used to and and those shows? Like, were you immediately taken by like the intimacy, or was it just like, oh, this is just a different way of doing something? Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was like, oh yeah, like there's like 20 people here, and I could probably do this. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I could I could put this gig on if I put my mind to it, and I could play this gig if I wanted to, as opposed to just being like 500 random people and you know being a big thing. <clears throat> so that was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember the first time. Um, did you ever hear that band Witch Cult? They were like a power violence band from the UK. I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, they well, they used to be in a, a band before that called Into the Dust that were, yeah, just like pretty good power violence. But okay. yeah, I remember seeing them in like this tiny venue in Bournemouth where I was at uni and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this is intense. <laughs> what are these guys doing? <laughs> Why do they keep pushing me? <laughs> yeah, but like after that, like. <clears throat> Yeah, I guess around the time I started for This World as Hollow, I started putting on gigs as well. And it was like, oh, shit, yeah, anyone can do this. Why doesn't everyone do this? <laughs> yeah. Is that how you so made connections cool. to go on tour? Like by, by bringing people to your shows from out of out of town and then? Um, yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah, like I guess partly putting gigs on and then, you know, playing in a band that was playing a few shows here and there as well. But um, yeah, like I made, I made most of... You know, the people I met most of the people I know in DIY through. Yeah, I used to, I used to be like drive tours for a living as well. So okay, I'm doing that is how I how I know most people. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna ask like if like which one of those things came first, and so if you were kind of already doing like driving tours with and making connections that way, then how did you come across the like driving tours gig? Oh, that was that was a little while after. It was, um, okay, so it was after. Yeah, yeah. Like I was okay. I just um, a friend of mine used to. Well, he used to do it, and then he sold his van. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy his van, and I'm going to do that because that seems fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like going on tour. I'll just do that all the time. Um, <clears throat> this was like after KD formed. Um, but yeah, just just thought, yeah, fuck it. Why not just like get completely involved in just touring as much as I possibly can, even if it's. Not with my own band, you know. I want to, I want to see the world. I want to sleep on disgusting swap, swap floors all across Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to avoid the uh, scabies blankets all over. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that was so rough. Um, right. <laughs> shout out to shout out to regular Kenny if he's listening. <laughs> Lo- lovely, love, love you, re- regular Kenny. Yeah. Um, and also, thank you for the warning. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do you want to tell the story for any listeners, Edie, or, or uh, is that that's left for us? So you go ahead. Another time. Let's, let's you you tell the story. It's a it's fun, I guess. Uh, it's much. Well, fun. I guess yeah, yeah. It's I think it's just like quite indicative of like the European touring experience, isn't it? It's like a good little view into that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like we played. It's it's in Frankfurt, wasn't it? Like we. It was, uh, this was the KD, was it the first or the second KD come regular year or tour? I think it was the first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we played played this gig at Clapperfeld in Frankfurt, which is like this incredible space. It's like a, 
used to be a Gestapo prison, and now it's like a DIY venue run by like <clears throat> these this incredible collective who've turned like this horrible building into something pretty cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, like we, yeah, we played this great show and were fed. Everyone was amazingly, you know, hospitable and we looked after really well. And then the place we we're staying at was like some some person's flat, and it was pretty grotty. And the only good sleeping spot was a mattress. And then we were warned off sleeping on the mattress because we might get scabies if we did for whatever reason. Right. So I think that's like that's like a good sum up of like the highs and lows of being right. a DIY band on tour. <laughs> yeah, I think if I remember correctly, it was like someone who hadn't been there in a while, right? It was like we don't. Oh yeah, you might be right. We don't know where that person <clears throat> is, and also there might be scabies, so don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we were like, yeah, maybe maybe best to avoid that one. Yeah, we were like, cool. But yeah, that was yeah. also the night when. Uh, in that t- in that particular town where they have the um the version of the Hollywood sign, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And, I can't remember what the little town was called. It's like just outside Frankfurt, wasn't it? Yeah, cuz we just happened to go by there when y'all were on your hunt for Fefe. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're consuming hunt for Fefe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was, uh, that was fun. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, like you're, you're driving tours, you're going on tour. Um, yeah, I remember like, you know, one of the things that you said where you were like, um, and, you know, we were all taking pictures and being obnoxious and, and you were just like, yeah, I don't really take pictures because, you know, um, what uh, what kind of picture am I going to take that's better than one that you can, you know, um, look on look online, you know? And I've I've been here three <laughs> times this year, and you know, whatever. And it really like, yeah, it, it it really made me like think about like, yeah, is there is there a, a reason like uh, that I should take this particular picture and I mean you know of course like this isn't saying like do or don't take pictures but it it made me like think about like not just like the act of taking the picture but also the intent behind it which I think might you know that's like a probably something that you learned about in you know photography classes and stuff but um like that's just something that never really like had occurred to me and uh it's something that i find very useful now when i'm taking reference photos for drawing and stuff you know it's like yeah um, yeah it's like because yeah there is there is always a uh, a, 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 a a a picture of like this garden you know this famous garden or whatever you know and so it's like what what, what do I need out of this moment, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I know. I th- yeah, I think, <clears throat> yeah, like mo- most of the photos, you know, most of the photos are my phone now, or most of the photos are taken of like people or mostly, actually 90% of just a bad dog. But um, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, just like capturing memories as opposed to like, you know, trying to document something yeah. that's already been, you know, documented to death. Yeah. But I guess, you know, maybe there, maybe there's a, 
place in you know going on tour and just snapping like a few hundred photos a day because it's like almost like a train of thought just like a collection of what you're up to at the time and then you can look back in like a year's time and be like oh that was that time we saw that cool sculpture in wherever and it jogs your memory but yeah yeah <clears throat> that I've taken like in recent memory like it's um like I'll I'll have a really kind of a bad photo and I and I'm like but the thing is like this the reason why I took this like I can't forget that reason now mm. you know and I think that's like there's a photo that I have that's you know of myself and it's like I I look terrible and I and it's nothing special whatsoever. And I'm like, I have this and I'm like, this is like this time when I can remember feeling like very, like at peace and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny to, it's, it's funny to examine these moments, especially if you um, put these photos out in the world. It's funny to examine these motive, these moments like, and, under the lens of like commodification you know and like you're like here's this photo that i have on my instagram this is like the happiest i can remember being in like forever or the most at peace or whatever and like nobody likes it you know because like (laughs) i look like shit you know it's a boring picture or whatever but it's like it's interesting you know when you think about it that way and like but yeah the, the the long story i guess is like that particular comment that you made really like made me think about like how um you 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 know you can you can trade being present in a moment for like your participation in like preserving that moment you know what i mean yeah i got you uh like you can I mean, that sounds a bit dramatic. Like you're 
you're still there, obviously, <laughs> you know, yeah, but like yeah. it, it made me, it made me consider like things like that uh, more than I had. And, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a nice, uh, thought to have occasionally when, you know, that, that like need to always be doing something like starts crowding in on what's supposed to be like your leisure, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, I, I think it's there, you know, obviously there is value to documenting things and, um, yeah, particularly like moments you're having that are particularly going on tour, you know, it's like a memory that could be quite fleeting and like easily forgotten, but mm-hmm. I'll take, you know, I'll take a hundred photos a day if I'm on tour, but it would all just be like my friends or like, Dogs. the toilet of a squat or dogs yeah. but it won't you know like i'm not going to take a photo of, like the arc the triumph or anything because there's like a million of them <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah <clears throat> i think it, yeah I, you know i did study photography but i don't really take many photos anymore I just use it as like a, a document yeah know, like a, a way of helping my shitty memory <laughs> yeah for sure i mean it's like it, it's wild like you know um there's just like those times when you're going through your photos and you're just like, I have so many of basically the same like picture or whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I don't, you know, when we were talking about memory earlier, it's, 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 um, it's really weird because like, yeah, I, d- I definitely do have a, a really strange way of connecting like, emotions or like sights or sounds to the memories of an event so it's like um i get how you know people want to like overdo these things and and um like especially you know like uh when it's so easy to do like you know what i mean you don't have to deliver you don't have to like develop the photos anymore or anything like that so it's just like why not but, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, you know, it's goes pros and cons, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. I didn't mean to spend 15 minutes talking <laughs> about that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Um, Go super sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, you know, we've, we've been over there with Katie a couple times and we had, like, yeah, yeah. Some, some really great times on tour. Um, and, like, you've been, you know, out on tons of tours with, uh, with, with, um, other bands and stuff. Uh, have you taken sort of like, now I don't remember if we chatted about this before, like in person, but have you taken bands on tour that were sort of like next level where you sort of see how the other side lives as far as like, you know, like, have you been on oh, tours of, that are just like a bit more luxurious? Yeah, of. that are just like yeah. <laughs> totally different from our own experiences. Like, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not driving Coldplay or anything, right? But <laughs> yeah, I've done like a, a few tours with like bands that are sort of not necessarily DIY bands, but uh, <clears throat> you know, not huge, but just you know, playing like maybe like a, to a few hundred people a night as opposed to a few people a night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I don't know, it's got, you know, it's got its pros and cons. Like the, uh, the upside is you get to like sleep in a bed most nights, uh-huh. which is nice as opposed to just some guy's floor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the downside is you've got to be there like 
four hours beforehand so that they could do sound checks and press and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's a different world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having to be professional about going on tour seems like a pretty pretty wild step. Yeah, it's it's kind of... It... Hmm. It's yeah. It's it's a, sounds like a lot of the hurry up and wait game, which is oh totally like yeah. yeah I mm, sometimes when I'm left to my own devices on a tour, I put myself in the hurry up and wait game way too often, just because yeah yeah I I book you know I booked a lot of shows at my house and um <clears throat> you know a house show is totally low key over like something at a venue or whatever where it's like you know things are supposed to happen when they're supposed to happen and stuff but still like there would be bands that like even when you're trying to be very relaxed about like when people should be there and stuff there's always going to be like bands that would push it and really inconvenience like the you know the people who are like making this event happen and stuff and so i've always yeah, been yeah. that person where i'm like i get really nervous about being the person that like um r- ruins people's days you know or whatever and um <laughs> so like you know totally there's you know sometimes on tours where it's just like okay we were supposed to be here at uh we we're supposed to be here at six so it's five thirty, and then like you show up and people like uh yeah nobody's going to be here till six and then the people that are supposed to be there till six aren't actually there until six thirty. and then the people that <laughs> get there at six thirty are like but we didn't actually expect people to show up at six thirty. so we were thinking more like seven and so you've been there since, yeah, like, yeah you know uh oh we used to have to do that with ben all the time like ben who plays guitar in katie um, right you know but the listeners might not um <laughs> he he used to be so bad for timekeeping like I think actually, yeah, like he's, it might have been even since the, the last coma tour that he's gotten way better. But we used to just have to lie to him about times. Like if, if we had like a five hour drive, we'd tell him we had a seven hour drive and that we needed to leave two hours before we needed to, just so that he'd be ready at the time that we actually needed to set off, which would be two hours later than we told him we needed to set off. But um, yeah, unfortunately, he got pretty wise to it pretty quickly. So it was just late oh, for everything okay. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I was I was saying like, should you be giving like, should you be telling this like, letting this secret out like you're ruining your uh, um no, but like I, I guess since last time you saw Ben, he's gotten like aggressively punctual. Oh, like the, the new job, he's, I guess. He's, yeah, like he's a teacher now, and yeah. like uh, yeah, now it's Burkett. I've got to fucking work out a way to get that guy to be on time. <laughs> he's it'll be wise for that trick because he came up with it. So I've got to work out something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have to think of something yeah um, yeah but, but yeah uh, i know what you mean yeah yeah like it's it's, it's stressful like ah, oh, no we're like two hours late to the gig i hope they're still there when we get there kind of thing yeah or you know people people are upset with you and so like uh the, you know the the situation feels really weird and you know whatnot but uh yeah yeah throws a weird vibe I don't think we. I don't think we've been like mega late for anything, have we? When we've been on tour together. No, I, I don't think so. I think, I think being late to stuff like part and parcel of being on tour, so maybe it all just falls by the wayside. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Katie, y'all have been around since 
it'll be uh, 10 years next year oh my. <laughs> which is pretty wild <laughs> yeah i was i was for some reason i was thinking it was like 2015 but yeah 10 years so 2013 uh, yeah 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 and um yeah y'all y'all you know you've like suffered through like lineup changes and stuff so that like is obviously you know a thing and then of course there's the last couple years which have you know put a put a hamper on a lot of you know folks being able to get together and and stuff like yeah, that yeah. of course um but y'all are finally back at it and dropping yeah getting our shit back together two new songs that's that's awesome. Don't forget that one that I wrote those lyrics to. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, um, like, so these are the first two out of like approximately an album's worth of material that it, that y'all have been working on. Or is yeah, it... yeah, like, um, yeah, like we're well, yeah, we're hoping to get something like a full length recorded in summer this year. Which will be like our first thing ever that's longer than like four songs, which is mm -hmm. pretty ridiculous considering we've been a band that long. Yeah. <laughs> which is the reason we're doing it. Like we yeah, we've we've always fallen into the habit of record a few songs, go on tour, record record a few songs, go on tour. And now we're like, Okay, we've not played this not played a gig in like two and a bit years. What's another like six months? Let's get something together and put out something a bit more meaningful. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think we're gonna. We got most of it written. Just need to write a couple more bangers, and we're laughing. Mm -hmm. And the new, the two new songs were like a, a lot more melodic than uh, than some of your previous stuff. Like, was there was there a, a conscious like thought process going into writing the new songs? Where like you know when you had all this time to reflect on like kind of what y'all have done and some new things that y'all wanted to you know put in the spanner or whatever like um or is it just like still same as always like just letting stuff come out and you know i think it? i think pretty pretty much just the the latter like i mean ben writes all the songs so you like you'll have to get him on at some point and ask him about the writing process but generally what happens is ben writes a song and then <clears throat> we talk him out of like two or three really gratuitous breakdowns <laughs> until the point where it's no longer like just a shit metalcore song and then we put it out <laughs> so maybe like talked about like maybe an extra breakdown in like each of these new songs that's a bit more melodic um, <laughs> so yeah like yeah we need to have a word with him and tell him to stop listening to so much like christian metalcore <laughs> so yeah i mean I, he writes all the songs that like, he turns up and he's got these songs where he's like this is how they're going to be and then we maybe change a little bit of it, but they're generally pretty good, so we stick with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, which is useful because, like, trying to write songs collectively isn't always the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, especially you know when you can't like get together all the time, or you know, due to schedules and everything else that's been going on. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like this this last, uh, <clears throat> I guess, like year and a half, like. We're the closest we've been for like five years, like geographically, because like Ben and I both live in London now, and Tom's in Reading, which is like a couple of hours away. Whereas beforehand, like there was a point where there were four of us, and we all lived in completely different cities, and like to get us all in one room was like hours drive for everyone involved. So, 
So hopefully we'll be able to like keep a bit of momentum going now that it's not such a huge hassle to like all be in the same place. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, that's still the Comorov model. Like half those guys live in Newcastle, which is like an eight-hour drive from London. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't have picked a further city in England to like be in a band with people with. <laughs> I mean, when you know, when you're touring every six months or four months or whatever, it's not you know as big a deal. But then, like, yeah, later when it's like, well like uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna like drive eight hours for just a rehearsal to like bang out a couple songs or whatever you know it's got to be yeah, yeah a bit more significant it's be worthwhile yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly um are there like talks of um komarov getting together to like write a new release or anything like that as well or or is that yeah just yeah like, like we're now we're, yeah we're working on stuff at the minute like um again with like the same mindset which is well i'm not i think the last time we played the show was like maybe four years ago mm. three or four years ago so like what's another six months to a year like let's just write let's write a full length or like at least a half of like a bigger split because again yeah we're just like oh we'll write a few songs then we'll go on tour then we'll write a few songs then we'll go on tour again so i think we're we're planning to knock out something a bit longer at some point in the yeah. next year or so but yeah we need to need to play some gigs again. Like it's been, yeah, about three or four years since we did anything, which yeah. is pretty wild. Yeah, is that is that process different than Katie? Like, is that more file sharing <laughs> or and stuff like that? Like because of the distance, or or do the primary yeah, that, song songwriters live there and then y'all sort of just like catch up to speed? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like um, Elliot and Michael from who play guitar and do vocals, they um. They both live in Newcastle and they, they both write a lot of the songs and then we sort of like get together in a room and refine it mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and then just like try and make it sound like 50% more like Battle of Wolf 359 and that's, that's pretty much the writing process. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have really picked a better, you know, band to, to emulate, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think You're like what what should we do with this part? It's like, oh, what's that? Which which of these Battle Wolf songs are we ripping off at the minute? Let's just right. do that. It's me, except, <laughs> except it's Joshua Fit for Battle. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The um Yeah. You gotta find that like that band that pe- that deserves like every single accolade that like Orchid or whoever gets, but just doesn't for some reason, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And and uh and and rip them off because like oh absolutely nobody yeah. will know you know yeah it's like it's like there's like <laughs> there's like a hundred orchid ripoff bands there's like no battle of wolf through five nine ripoff bands yet right so you've got to corner that market and that was my conversation with Lars clark Thank you so much, Lars, for taking the time to chat with me. As I'm sure you've noticed, some of the episodes will now have sponsors. That's just a way for me to put a couple dollars aside to cover hosting costs, buy mics for my recording expenses, and stuff like that. If you'd like to sponsor an episode for your band, label, or whatnot, just get in touch. Until next time, take care and do good things.